Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm Ross Chevalier. I was chatting with my occasional co-host, the great Cody Shaw, last week, and he suggested it would be an opportune time to do an episode on IR pedals, given the significant excitement that's been generated with the recent release of the Boss IR2 pedal. So let's start with a short level setting of what an IR pedal is and where it has its primary use case. To do that, we should be clear about what's in the pedal and what an IR is. I am going to drastically reduce the IR explanation and focus in on its use for musical reproduction. Most listeners will not want to hear about either Dirac or Kronik or Delta functions. For us as musicians, performers, and recording artists, an impulse response file is made to capture the sound characteristics of a speaker and microphone system. This file can then be used in a live or recording situation to accurately simulate the sound of the speaker and microphone without having access to the real thing. The obvious benefit to an IR is that you can then easily carry a variety of cabinets and microphones anywhere without the weight and the cost. Note that impulse response files don't provide amplifier simulations, and the sounds that we equate with the amplifier are really the combination of the preamp, the power amp, and frankly, most importantly, the output transformer, and finally, the speaker. Thus, while all IR pedals market themselves as some form of amp replacement, there is an amplifier simulation that the maker must develop and include that goes in front of the IR section in these devices. Let's just say that some marking materials are not as clear as they might be on this topic. Amplifier simulations, when done well, use expensive and demanding modeling techniques to build a digital model of the amplifier right up to the output jack, but not including the speakers or microphones. The best ones put a lot of work into getting the impact of the output transformer correct. Simulating the preamp and the power amp sections are important, but it's that output transformer that makes the biggest audible difference. A methodology to do this is called profiling. A dedicated IR pedal only offers an amplifier simulation along with one or more cabinet emulations. Some IR pedals put usability and effectiveness on a pedal board as their priority by providing it a limited number of amps and IRs to allow for the player to make quick changes and the ability to recall one or more presets that have been defined in advance. Alternatively, larger IR pedals or desktop controllers may provide a wider range of amp simulations and a much larger collection of IR files to allow much more customization of the amp simulation and the impulse response to save these combinations as easily recallable presets. We can put tools like the Boss IR2, the Strymon Iridium, and the Walrus Audio Mako ACS1 in the same group. All offer some very good amp sims, along with a selection of impulse response files designed to be used with an amp sim. The Iridium, for example, has three amp sims, like most other of these types of devices think Fender Deluxe Reverb, 
Vox AC30, and Marshall Plexi or Marshall Bluesbreaker. And then for each of these, offers three different cabinet selections. Each SIM is modeled on a specific group of amp settings, and there is often an ambience or room control to add the subtle effect of room slash studio slash hall type reverb. The Walrus Mako has three amp selections and three cabinet selections via the front panel, just like the Iridium. The Boss IR2 is the newest and draws from its big brother, the IR200, to offer 11 amp sims, where five of them are Boss-specific designs and the others are sims of recognizable amps. Boss is the only provider that includes serious high-gain amps in their offering, specifically their own design, the Soldano SLO100, and the Mesa Boogie Dual Rectifier. The IR2 includes only one mic and cabinet IR per amp type, but they are using Celestian branded IRs, and my personal experience with the Celestian IRs is that they are excellent. The Iridium from Strymon has a map price of 547 Canadian dollars. The Mako ACS1 from Walrus has a map of 520 Canadian dollars. And the Boss IR2 has a map of 290 Canadian dollars. This massive difference in price, along with the very high IR quality, is what makes the IR2 such a killer offering and likely contributes enormously to its success. From a usability perspective, limiting the number of choices actually helps the player because it reduces option paralysis. That's a very good thing. Well, we all know that while a multi-effector might offer a dozen different delays, most players only use two to three at the maximum. We also know that when playing live, the time that we have to get low and make changes on a pedal is pretty limited. So the layout had better be simple and easy to see. I'm going to be very clear about this. I find the knobs very tight together on all options with the best being the Iridium, simply because it's a bigger box. However, I will say that the text size and visibility of the text on all of these devices is, in my opinion, and bluntly, far too small and far too dim, especially if you are working in a stage situation. From an audible perspective, I'd say that they're all very, very good at the job. I own the Iridium, and the Boss IR200, big brother to the IR2, and I've play-tested the ACS-1 in the store. None are identical to a real amp and cabinet, but in a live situation, no one in the crowd will either know or care, and by the time you add in effects again, the source, amp, and cab are getting their sound manipulated. Only the Boss unit has a JC120 Jazz Chorus Sim, so my test for accuracy is always what the maker can do to sound like an AC30. Strymon calls this amp Chime, and unfortunately they've made their sim with the AC30 overdriving, so I find their sim noisy, and it has a high-pitched whine to it unless you knock the drive way back to below 9 o'clock. Fortunately, their round, which is the fender, and punch, which is the Marshall, options are excellent. 
The Walrus ACS-1 calls this amp Dartford, and while I did not spend a lot of time with it, I didn't think it sounded all that AC-30-like at any of its settings. The Fullerton, Fender, and London Marshall options are quite good, and the Marshall is, I think, more accurate on this pedal than on any other. The IR-2's implementation of the AC-30 is called Diamond, and to be blunt, it's marginal, in my opinion. The IR-2 does fix an error that is native to the IR-200 by using Celestian Blues in the 2x12 cabinet, as opposed to what Boss called their Diamond 2x12. I do have the Celestian Blue IRs in my IR-200, so when I'm using it for an AC-30 type sound, that's the cab IR I use. Boss does offer both a twin reverb and a basement sim, so one more Fender option at least than the other two, and I think that they're both pretty good, and I have those real tube amps for comparison. I believe that the twin simulation is better than the basement simulation. Again, my opinion, but both are very good. I don't use the Boss designed amps much at all, but I do like their Marshall option, and they've done a really, really good job on their dual rectifier simulation. If I were going out buying today, I'd choose the IR2 immediately. It's a great product at a much lower price with, really, more flexibility, and that makes it an obvious winner. We all know that there will be some who poo-poo a device like this, claiming that nothing sounds like a real tube amp and cabinet. I agree that matching the sound and the feel is not done in any of these devices, but from a cost-usability perspective, they just make a ton of sense. I know of an increasing number of players and recordists using these pedals instead of traditional amps and cabs for both stage and studio recording. While I will likely continue to stick with my Quad Cortex or Kemper for the moment, because they are true profilers and provide massive levels of control, they do take more time to set up. And once you finally get your presets and effects loaded, they are truly awesome. However, if I'm a gigging musician, I could buy eight of the IR2s for the price of one Fender Tone Master and get better amp and cab sounds every time. I recently spoke with a professional gigging musician whose stage kit is now a Line 6 HXFX and a Boss IR2. His whole stage kit goes in his backpack. Thanks as always for listening and for your support of the channel. I'm Ross Chevalier, and I wish you peace and health.